0: You're listening to Fandoms. I'm your host, Brody Otway. Join me as I interview a guest about anything from Ned Stark to Linkin Park. Today on the show, we'll be talking to TZ about Linkin Park. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much, Brody. Great to be here. I'm also a fan of Nedderd. (laughs) so cross all of the fandom lines
0: dope so for somebody who's never heard of lincoln park how would you describe their sound to them
1: you know the official description is what it's like alternative rock i don't think that quite captures exactly what they do i think sort of what makes them really unique is they were doing rap and hip-hop and rock all at the same time with electronica in there. Yeah. They did some really cool metal stuff. I mean, they had a DJ that was a core member of the band. You know, they were, they were trying it all. They were always experimenting and they changed from album to album. Uh, some people really didn't like that, but you know what? If your favorite artist is doing the same old stale shit all the time, then you're gonna grow bored. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and like I found even with their sound, like even songs throughout the album Hybrid Theory had like very differing sounds and stuff to the point where as a kid, I didn't appreciate all of them. But going back, like it, that's a banger album.
1: It absolutely is. One of my total faves, like flawless beginning to end. How did you first get into Linkin Park? It was an interesting story. So basically, how do people get into music? My dad would play classic rock in the car. You know i'd hear whatever on pop radio Mm uh friends would introduce me to songs here and there so i liked music but i wasn't ever really a fan of anybody you know i didn't have a distinct taste or anything one time in middle school i distinctly remember this day my cousin had an unlabeled cd uh i was a verbatim verbatim that's it verbatim CD. (laughs) like sitting on his desk and i just got a new cd player so i swiped it i was like all right cool I listened to it on the bus. And uh, on it was a mix of songs from Meteora and Hybrid Theory. And the first song that played was Numb. And after that, I was hooked, man
0: great song took. <laughs> Oh, for me my first album was hybrid theory i think i was about 10 years old and we were always driving for my brother's hockey tournaments and the only cd i had was hybrid theory and my family had to sit there and put up with me belting out that song or all those songs at the top of my lungs for like the entire <laughs> drive And I didn't realize how god-awful of a singer I was at that age, so I wasn't holding anything back.
1: Dude, I bet it,
0: like, hyped your brother up, though. (laughs) Oh, no, he hated me for it. He was, like, the most vocal person about how bad a singer I was.
1: (laughs) That's the way to do Lincoln Linkin Park, though. You can't hold anything back. Oh, definitely. If you're holding anything back, that's a disservice to Chester. Rest in peace, you know? (laughs) So what was your first album, other than that uh, mixtape there? Um, Well, after I heard the mixtape, I totally, you know, dove into the whole discography. So I started with Meteora, because that's what Num was on, and then Hybrid Theory, of course. And then um, I think at that time, uh, Reanimation was out, um, Collision Course was out. So all of those and then um i was young enough or i guess old enough <laughs> that uh i stayed up till midnight when minutes to midnight came out like <laughs> waiting for that to drop on itunes
0: oh that's super cool i never really was that into a band ever that i followed them that hard and i kind of regret it now that i'm older and it's like ah. Oh, i I should have done it while I was younger. Do you have a least favorite album?
1: Um, Some of their later works. You know, it, it's not necessarily that they're bad or anything. Like I said, I'm really glad that they kept experimenting and changing their sound and trying new things, you know, lyrically, instrumentally, in terms of song structure and all of that. But um, Hunting Party uh had was was a lot of hit and miss for me um but I still have a few saved on from there, you know, so all Lincoln Park songs are bangers for somebody, you know what I'm saying
0: <laughs> yeah that yeah, I find they've definitely have a sound for everybody at some point in their career exactly so what about your all time favorite song which one gets that honor if you can pick one? It, you know, that's that's really
1: hard. Um, you know, num will always hold a special place in my heart. Me too. But if I had to pick something to introduce Linkin Park to somebody for the first time, it would be in the end. Oh, uh-huh, uh, yeah. I think that it's kind of a universal message. Like, everybody's failed at something at some point in their lives. And if you haven't, yeah. And if you haven't, then you're not trying hard enough. so you know it's it always gets everybody going it's a it's a good example of their sort of fusion sound and i think uh both chester and mike Brought their best on
0: that one. Yeah, I feel like in the end was everywhere on early YouTube, like all those animated music videos and stuff, like everybody putting it behind anime scenes and stuff. Like it was hard to avoid Lincoln Park at that time.
1: Dude, oh, 100%. And I was at least 10,000 of those views, especially ah. for the Evangelion ones and the Fullmetal Alchemist ones no. and the Naruto ones. I was all over
0: that ish. <laughs> oh yeah, my first one I think was Mega Man X. Oh hell yeah, I love the Mega Man X games, those were sick. We touched on it a little bit before, but how did the death of Chester Bennington hit you? Were you really pretty shocked
1: by it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like I I remember I was working from home. I was like on my laptop uh, just making friggin' sales calls, plugging away. And I hopped on Reddit or something and it was like the top news of the day. I was, uh, I hopped on Reddit and I saw the news and I was just instantly crestfallen. I mean, I called my wife, I guess then girlfriend at the time. And I was like, Hey, Chester died. And like, she knew. She knew that that wasn't just some, like, uh, celebrity death. It was like, that man was a hero, you know, is a hero. I I looked up to him greatly. I I thought it was amazing that he not only, like, was amazingly talented, but uh, broached a lot of sort of difficult topics around mental health and self-harm and things like that. And made it more okay to talk about because you know you can't get better unless you can talk about it unless you can get help so you know i really respected him for that and for me personally you know he was a big influence in that way too so you know i will forever be grateful to chester for everything that he's done i think he's left behind a really enduring legacy
0: Yeah, I actually didn't know about all of his uh, suicide awareness work and stuff until after he passed away because uh, a friend of a friend of mine, her friend was a huge fan of his and she was checking up on him all day because he had mental health struggles and stuff and she knew that his death was going to be a major impact on him because of how much he meant to him in that sense and i had no idea about it before that
1: absolutely i mean even though you didn't know that person personally i don't know if you call it a parasocial relationship or what they impacted your life in a big way
0: so did you ever get the honor of seeing them live when they were still able to tour no
1: i did not ever get the honor of seeing them live when i was growing up I was able to afford maybe twenty dollars max concert tickets. I was not very well off growing up, and by the time I was growing up, Linkin Park was already a stadium sellout kind of band. So yeah, I was not able to afford seeing them live, but I ingested as much Linkin Park content as I could on you know YouTube and downloading like demos and different uh you know lossless audio versions of the tracks and all that jazz i was like i'm gonna get the best version of lincoln park that i possibly can within my means
0: (laughs) yeah i feel you there i've never been able to go to any major concerts in yet i've Been to a couple, like, local shows of some decently big artists, but nobody I'd really say I'm a fan of or anything.
1: Exactly. It's really hard to be able to afford live music, especially with all the, you know, bots and scalping and everything. Yeah.
0: So how do you think Linkin Park has influenced you as a musician? musician? Great question. I think if you hit up any of my socials, it's pretty obvious.
1: I describe myself as punk rap and rock. I have been playing Linkin Park as the soundtrack to a lot of my life for decades now, you know? It's ingrained into my very freaking DNA, so I can't help but be influenced by Linkin Park. I aspire to write lyrics and rhymes like Mike. I aspire to Deliver powerful vocal performances like Chester. And as much as I can help it, (laughs) I aspire to have that really amazing sound that is both groovy but also really unique.
0: That's awesome, man. Yeah, we're gonna link some of your stuff down below in the episode description. So I hope everybody takes a minute to check you out. So I got a couple more fun questions based around you, yourself, and your music. If you had to, for one week straight, be locked in a room listening to three of your tracks, which ones are you picking?
1: Three of my own tracks or three Lincoln Park tracks? that's a really good question. Because during the production and editing process, I probably have listened to them the equivalent of that many times. Spread out, mind you, but
0: yeah. (laughs) Of your tracks. Word up. All right,
1: that's a dope question. I would say situation critical. It's about, you know, basically finding the light at the end of the tunnel and the fact that there always is a light at the end of the tunnel. And really, it's your power, you know? you have that power to reach it. I would also pick... Gosh, this is difficult. Oh, that one was so easy. It was just like, bam, situation critical. Um, All right, what else would I pick? Oh, uh, All the Monsters That You Know. It's a throwback. Horizon Effect, Shouts Out. That was my first band ever. Well, it was an iteration of my first band ever. Is, we still exist. We put out stuff. Um... (laughs) And that one is just like more new metal, hardcore type rock. And uh, Zombie for Hire. Um, That one is probably one of my most experimental ones. Zombie for Hire is one of my more experimental ones. We had a sample of Ainu singing. They're the indigenous people around the islands of Japan and Russia um we had like a lot of electronic elements in there and it's basically about you know the grind under capitalism you get up you work you make enough money to pay all your bills and never quite escape debt and then you do it all over again so (laughs) i don't know why i want to be locked in the room listening to that track over and over again but it's i guess it's that good enough to me. No, it is that good. You know, you got to be a fan of your own music. <laughs> if you're not a fan of your own music, how do you expect other people to be?
0: <laughs> Man, I can't wait to check them out. Thanks a lot for coming on. Is there anything you want to plug or shout out before uh we go? Yeah, uh in terms of where to find TZ, I am everywhere, baby.
1: <laughs> you can search for TZ or Horizon Effect on anywhere you stream music, you know, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, YouTube, whatever, and I'm on like all the socials, I think. I'm most active on TikTok and Instagram after that, but really mostly TikTok. That's where I've had the most growth. But yeah, basically anywhere you interact with socials, I'm probably there. So hit me up, comment on my shit I will definitely reply you know we're all a slave to the algorithm but also it's fun it's fun to reply to comments so yeah
0: hit me up Bunny. <laughs> and if you had to challenge somebody to come on to the show who would you think would make an interesting guest
1: I really think you should get and I will help you in this endeavor Brody, because you're a G um <laughs> I really think you should get my homie punk daddy on he is an incredible producer and a guitarist who shreds like nobody's business and he has deeply intimate knowledge of post-hardcore especially like dance gavin dance and enter shikari don Broco. his encyclopedic knowledge will melt
0: your brain (laughs) awesome i look forward to talking to him thanks for coming on thank you so much brody it's been a pleasure you are
1: so good at your craft and it's been a lot of fun just getting to geek out about lincoln park with you man i appreciate it Yeah, yeah, yeah. The truth is incredible You. Wait.